Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today we're so thrilled to be joined by Tallulah Riley to talk all about the FX series Pistol. And I was really interested in, in how you found a lot of aspects of playing Vivian Westwood in the series to begin with, because you've obviously got Craig Pierce's writing on the page with like the wonderful scripts, you know, a lot of research that comes into it. And then at the end of the day, it's also, it's not a documentary retelling, it's an interpretation. And particularly with a lot of the moments that we get to see Vivian, they're not front-facing moments. It's it's kind of before the attention landed on her. And so it's a lot of imagining what those moments might've been like in her relationship behind closed doors, in the sex shop in the middle of London. Um, and so how did you kind of use all of those different facets of interpretation, research, and the writing to find this middle space of how you wanted to form this character? Well, I think that very much, as you say, was a middle space. Um, it's sort of the, this fantasy ground, which is nice, you know, as an actor, because it, it that you, you want the freedom to be able to play with the character as it's scripted without, you know, worrying too much about the, the weight of the responsibility of portraying a real person. So the fact that this is uh, Vivian Westwood pre, you know, Vivian Westwood, Doyon of Fashion Empire, um, you know, with, there's some really interesting archive footage, really great archive that the researcher Ruth, who pulled a lot of wonderful stuff for us to um, look at. And there's some really interesting uh, kind of news reports at the time of Vivian in Sex, the boutique in the King's Road. And it was fun to, that was what I watched first before I went to meet with her and before we started filming. So it was fun to actually see the evolution of a person in, in quick time like that from, you know, I was studying her on screen to then meeting her now and, and to see, you know, she, I mean, she's obviously, she's she's a, you know, massive public figure in her own right, and and, and that comes with a certain aura when you know when you when you meet her. Um, but it was fun to have have sort of got to know her intimately through studying her um, in her early life first. And and in meeting with her, what what were some of the things that you were really hoping to either ask as questions or just kind of quietly observe in terms of her mannerisms, her persona, her characteristics um, to then bring over to your performance in the series. Yeah, it was definitely more the latter. So I was looking, it was it was more to get a, a sort of feel for her and her physicality really and, and how she um, presents in a room and, you know, is she, is she very big and present or is she more reserved, you know, how much does she use her hands? And that was some, that was a decision I, I'd taken creatively that I wanted to focus on um, her hands because so much of what she does in the show is, is she does the doing, you know, she's there making the clothes and, making Malcolm's vision a reality. She's the one putting in all the hard work. And so I thought it would be interesting to play with how she uses her, her arms and her hands in and, and, and quite a forceful way. Um, so, you know, I, I, there's a lot of, I do a lot of thrusting with my, with my hands. Um, I, I didn't see her, the real, the real life Vivian doing that so much. Um, she has incredible poise and I, I was struck by how elegant she was actually. She had sort of immaculately coiffed hair and looked very beautiful. Um, it was it was it was really good fun to meet her. I got to go down to the um, the Vivian Westwood headquarters in Battersea and see see her amongst all her drawings and the sort of rolls of fabric. It was it was it was a joy. And to your point about, you know, really focusing on the hands as well, I love that we get moments where we do get to see her literally working on creating clothing, whether it's sewing or kind of doing printing of shirts. Um, how how extensively were you diving into learning a lot of what that process was? Because like you said, you know, now there's a whole team of people making those clothes, but it really was just her in her kitchen with her hands, hand making everything back at that point. 
Yeah, so I um, I, I dusted off my sewing machine when I got the role and I started, um, uh, I made some of my own clothes and I, I followed some, some quite simple patterns and then I went a bit off piece to try and have a go at figuring things out myself. There's a skirt I, I made with a sort of waistband that I just completely made up how to do a waistband. But um, it, I really enjoyed doing that because um, I'm quite crafty in general. I enjoy, I enjoy sort of all types of arts and crafts, but I, I'd let sewing slip. So it was really nice to, to kind of get, get back into that. And, and again, to, to I, cause I think it's important, you know, it's sort of like when you see people smoking on screen who don't know how to smoke. I mean, I've never smoked. So I, I look ridiculous when I try and hold a cigarette. Everyone always makes fun of me because they just can't do it right. So I think it is important to try and, you know, I wanted to look like I vaguely knew what I was doing on a sewing machine. In the end, I just, I think I was using an overlocker um, and quite a lot of that got cut anyway, but still, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I know that I knew how to use the machine. So that was good. And, you know, she also lent you, I know that she lent you a jacket that you were wearing. I think it was like the leather jacket that you're wearing in the show. Were there any other pieces that she lent you or just details that she gave you in terms of the types of styling and the types of things that she would have been wearing at that point, maybe when there weren't as many photographs of her? Well, the, the Vivian Westwood, I, I think it's the foundation or, or, it's, or it's the company. One of the two was, was very involved with our costume department and, and, um, and you know, work, worked really closely alongside them. So a lot of the period detail was very accurate. I remember there was a, a ring that Vivian wore on her, her wedding finger at the time, and there was a great debate about what was featured on this ring. Um, and, um, and, you know, was it a skull and crossbones? Was it a this, was it a that? And, and they were like zooming in on pictures and, you know, people had asked Vivian and I didn't think she could quite remember. So. It was, it was a great hunt to, to find this exact ring. So I think things like that, which, um, you know, as an actor, you, you, you're not often privy to what, what the kind of the effort that goes into make it, making that environment for you and making it really realistic. But um, it, was, it was fun because, we, you know, so much of the focus of the series was on the clothes and because it was such a big deal to, to have their involvement, um, we, we were all hyper-focused on it, so... It was it was fun to fun to watch, yeah. and in working in working on this character and the, the development process before you went into production, um, I've heard you describe Danny Boyle, who directed the series, as kind of creating it very much in the vein of a theatre environment, a theatre company. Um, and I know that you had a really extensive reset uh, rehearsal period beforehand as well. What what were kind of the aspects that you felt were very similar to working on a theatre production that he really brought to the experience for all of you? Um, I think he's he's incredibly open to collaboration and ideas from the actors. Um, certainly he was on this project. And I think because we had, it's very rare in film and television to get, well, any rehearsal period at all, usually you'll sort of go do a table read and then the next time you see everyone, it's you're on set doing it. Um, whereas because with this job, they wanted the boys and Sydney to really learn their instruments. There was months ahead of time we called it band camp where they were learning their instruments and they'd go off in turns to music lessons and the rest of us would be in this big rehearsal space and just go through scenes and that's that's sort of much more what it's like in theatre you know you have months ahead before you go on live because obviously you have to it's very different with theatre and you have to learn your lines and you know perform on the day um so you have much more preparation up front so it was lovely to have that time um and I suppose we all just adopted 
that sort of way of working because that you know I've, I've done theatre in the past and, and that was it was sort of familiar to me um and yeah Danny's just it, I mean he he created an environment that was very freeing um completely non-judgmental he's very relaxed about everything you could you could mess up or you could throw in crazy suggestions or you can say can I can I try it like this or um, or he'd even encourage you to to kind of push it and then bring it back in. So it, it was just really nice to have the time to play around and and settle somewhere that we all felt comfortable and that felt real to us. Yeah. What's great about that rehearsal period as well is that it also sounds like it wasn't just about going over specific scenes. You know, obviously you, you were mentioning the the guys going into kind of like band camp and music lessons, but it also sounds like with them in particular, he encouraged them to like be very physical with one another to kind of like jostle around with one another, really kind of explore the space. Um, what were some of the things that he was kind of trying to encourage or helped you find in terms of the essence of who Vivian was going to be as a character in that way? Yeah, I think, again, I don't know if it was sort of explicit direction to the boys. I think the boys just do happen to be quite physical with each other. I mean, they'd be jumping all over each other and wrestling and climbing the walls, literally, um, and things like that. And he would just not interfere. Um, and so I think in in that sense, it was, it, he was sort of these eyes that were there and you, you could you could have a go and, and he, he's sort of a very gentle steer, I think, in terms of he, he lets you do your thing. Um, and he, it wasn't hands off in terms of the actual directing, directing, because we were all working together, you know, and some of those scenes, some of those long scenes, quite a lot of moving parts. You have to, everyone has to kind of hit, hit the thing at the right time. Um, but he, it felt, it felt very organic um, with the way that he directed us to the point where it, it almost didn't feel like we were being directed. It felt like we were playing and he was there observing. I love that. And, and also in terms of the overall voice of the show, you know, obviously in, in creating a show that's set in the genesis of the punk era, it doesn't shy away from the larger elements, the more heightened elements. And also when you look at the age of all of these characters where you're all playing them, it really was you know, it really is that time of life where like everything really feels like life or death and everything feels like incredibly high stakes, you know, whether it is or whether it isn't, um, you know, and I loved that sense of like urgency for everything that Vivian feels that you bring forth. And so how did you all set about finding that element of making sure that you were really taking it to the more heightened elements in terms of the emotions that come through for these characters in terms of the dynamic between them all and yet also having it always feel very grounded and connected at the same time? Well, I think part of that is um, it's it's really handy being part of an ensemble because you're all you're all kind of going for the same thing. So you end up being a sort of vector sum in terms of that energy rather than, you know, little disparate uh, emotional basket cases off on your own. So although some of it was really heightened, um, especially some of the stuff that Thomas and I were doing and, um, you know, in our scenes together, I mean, he, he was doing it too. So you kind of want to match each other's energy. And then also the cinematography. I mean, most of the time we didn't know where the cameras were. So, you know, I, you know, after a number of years in the job, you kind of get used to thinking, okay, that camera's there. They're probably doing, you know, X shot size. Therefore I'll, I'll kind of play, play it in this way because it's going to be tight or it's going to be wide or whatever. Um, you couldn't really do that on this job because 
you didn't they were sort of guerrilla shooting you didn't know where they were there'd be a there'd be a camera up on the ceiling there'd be a bar can down on the floor there'd be three people behind you so you couldn't quite figure out what was going on and what they were going to take um which was was fun on the one hand but it took me a minute to get my head around and um and there's still there's some things in 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 the sort of in the finished product where I, I can see myself I think oh blast I thought they you know I was playing to a certain angle it wasn't even there um so it was quite it was quite a funny experience in that sense um but I think you know if you've got that sort of crazy cinematography and you've got other actors who are all you know going for the extreme and it's a very flamboyant piece in many ways and it's you know it's vivid and it's bright and the music itself is is so outrageous that you kind of need to match it somehow um, in tempo. So it, I think it, we were just all on the same journey, really. You know, and obviously you were bringing up there the, the ensemble element. And one of the great things about Vivian as a character in the show is she's so connected to so many of them and, and styling so many of them and helping a lot of the other characters really find their creative voices in, in certain ways. Uh, you know, and even just that first moment where Steve first comes into the shop and he's, he's essentially stealing from her, but she's very intrigued by him. Like she sees something. What was that essence that you really wanted to capture of the way that she looks at people, the way that she sees you know, possibility, the way that she sees a certain creativity that really connects to her. Yeah, well, I think she's looking, she and Malcolm, again, as scripted, I think we're looking for the potential um, in everyone around them, not, you know, possibly to exploit them or, you know, possibly to enhance them. But I think it's sort of that that uh, creative urge which which looks and sees people in a new way or looks and can make links between people. Um, and I think certainly that environment that they created at sex in the time, they drew a lot of really incredible characters around. It was sort of like a sort of renaissance moment in terms of all the creative collaborators, collaborators that they had with them. Um, and I think, I think, you know, I, I think that sort of creativity begets more of the same or, you know, like attracts like in that sense. And, and that's, I think that's probably what they were up to. And similarly to the fact that she's kind of there as an inspirational figure and in, in helping in terms of, of expression for a lot of the other characters, what in the experience of playing her and, and all these scenes interacting with these other characters, in turn, what did you feel like she was really getting from that experience or the way that it helped her to find her voice creatively as well from just being surrounded by this group? Well, I, I imagine sort of the same the same sort of things I was getting from being surrounded by those really fun young actors, which is, you know, if you're, if you're surrounded by, you know, A, if you have a sort of common goal as a group, that's always very exciting, which, you know, the punk movement, certainly they, they were, they were on, on that together. Um, and um, it just, it's sort of, if it helps you bring your A game, if, if other people around you are bringing theirs or, or if you're encouraging that in others, you know, I think, if you say look at mentoring, you could say what what does one get out of mentoring other than a, a fit, you know spirit of feeling good? But I think that that process can be really inspiring as well. And you know if you're mentoring someone, they can serve as a muse, and you know it's it's sort of reciprocal. You know, and obviously you were talking a bit before about the the physicality of the character and, and the costumes, and when you finally were on set, and even just having the added elements of the hair and the makeup and and that styling were there elements of the physicality of the character that that really just helped you to seamlessly step into once you had kind of the full look of her? Yeah, definitely. I mean, my, my parents were down on set one day and I sort of stepped out of the out of my dressing room and came back, you know, stepped out as myself and came back in as Vivian. 
and it they you know took them a moment to clock that it was me so I think I, I think I look very different to how I usually look which is always exciting as an actor that's something that you, you know you find like really really fun um so I loved I loved that part of it and then again it was you know when I first heard I was playing Vivian Westwood I was thinking oh great I'm gonna get you know excellent clothes to wear and you know really pretty stuff but actually Vivian was the one making the clothes to give to the others so I was in like big oversized overalls and workman's outfits and things but again that impacted how I moved how how I sort of uh how I worked with the with the um, props around me um and it definitely I think that's so much a part of it. it it certainly to me that adds a huge amount um in terms of really imagining and being able to put yourself in there and when it comes to the relationship dynamic on screen between Vivian and, and Malcolm, her partner at the time, who's ends up managing the pistols, what's great is we get to see so many different elements. We get to see kind of professionally um, their relationship dynamic, but also we get so many moments with the two of them at home. You know, we get to see the kids in the picture as well. And I thought that was really great because it gave such a fully fledged picture of that relationship dynamic. And how did you and Thomas really work together to, you know, figure out what you thought that was going to be because with what we were talking about at the beginning that really probably is one of the biggest aspects of your performance and character that's just you know really leaning heavily into the interpretation of what might things have looked like behind closed doors in their home yeah well I think I was very keen for them to have a sort of a quiet moment which ended up being the scene where we're sort of watching the the firecrackers sizzle on the table because I think it is nice that uh, well, it's the juxtaposition always, which is fascinating. You know, you have these two very combative people, both working really hard, you know, essentially hustling and, and, and you know, rubbing along and, and making something wonderful as a partnership, but also finding each other very challenging to be around. Um, and then, you know, you add into mix that they have a child and, you know, and, and Vivian's child from, from her marriage and they're a family unit and what that looks like. Um, and it, it does just become a sort of fascinating mix of things and I but I I think those that sort of stillness and quietness is nice just to try and give an idea that they they were also a, a part they were a romantic partnership as well as a you know partnership for for the clothing and, and the music business um and that was again that was something that I think we developed through the rehearsal process um and and, and got to play around with and I, I think it adds a nice sort of touch as well to the craziness that's going on with the boys. I think some of those domestic Vivian and Malcolm scenes are quite, quite restful in comparison and also quite funny, just, you know, again, because of the, the sort of the disconnect between the two aspects of their personalities. Yeah, you know, you mentioned kind of like the slight combative elements and, you know, th those those moments are quite interesting to watch between them as well, because they really know how to kind of push each other's buttons when they want to. You know, she's not afraid to call him out for co-opting her ideology. You know, there's a moment where he's like, well, she's just the woman who does the sewing. And it's like he knows when he says something like that, exactly how that's going to land and exactly what she's going to take from that. And so yeah. how did you want to find where you wanted to have those moments of combativeness and, and friction between them, but also along, you know, the quiet moments and getting to see the romanticism. So we see kind of the duality of, of the aspects between their relationship. Yeah, well, I think that that line, you know, 
well, do you know you're just the woman that does the sign? That's actually the last time you see Vivian and Malcolm, which I was outraged about <laughs> on, on Vivian's behalf. I really wanted to come back in with the singer later on, but hey, that was that was how it ended up. But um, yeah, no, I think I think there's some brilliant lines in there again from from Craig. Uh, one of my favorite bits is where you know Malcolm's going off on one with Steve about you know here's Arthur giving. Merlin Excalibur, or Merlin giving Arthur Excalibur, and Vivian says, oh, well, actually, it was the Lady of the Lake that gave Arthur Excalibur, and there's some really kind of, it's not, there's those moments in there, but again, I think a lot of them are humorous, not particularly heavy-handed, and, and so that was, they were really fun to play, um, because again, when you're doing such larger-than-life characters, and I think it's difficult for a lot of people to understand who, you know, weren't there at the time, you know, my parents were, lived through the 70s, and, you know, that there was kind of a thing going on. Loads of people were really highly camp, like Malcolm McLaren. That was sort of the style of the day, um, you know, and really exaggerated. But I guess if you weren't there, it's hard to understand what that was. Um, but it was really fun to, um, yeah, to watch Thomas doing that and to kind of be, be alongside having a go as well. It's sort of being a really extreme character. It was really good fun. And in terms of character arc on the show as well, what's quite interesting is when you step back and realise it really was this kind of lightning in a bottle, like about a three year period where they were really active as a band before everything just completely fell apart for different reasons. Um, and so given that you're playing a character over the course of a few years, but it's still kind of a fairly tight amount of time, what were the elements of evolution or arc that you felt were really important to bring to Vivian's storyline? Um, I think the thing, like, it's obviously hard because it's it's not Vivian's story, it's Steve Jones's story. Um, and obviously because she's such a huge personage in her own right in, in the real world. Um, you kind of, I, I hope that we're left wanting more of her. Um, um, but, you know, again, you, you've, only, you've only got what's there. I think what's really interesting about her is at that period in her life, you know, and again, the character, God knows, not speaking to what the real movie Westwood was doing at the time, but I think what's interesting was seeing her focus on her family and sort of her work ethic and drive, what she was getting done, what she was achieving quietly on the sidelines while the rest of them were all off being crazy and partying. She was the one at home, you know, doing the potato prints, boiling up the chicken bones to sew onto the t-shirts and coming up with the mad cat designs. Um, so I think it's just nice to see that sort of hustle at that time, at that age, you know, and it's and it's funny because no, you know, obviously, as the audience, we know what that turns into. So I, I thought that was quite quite fun to see on screen. And obviously, in terms of music and the show, you know, there's there's obviously tracks from the band, but also there's so many other great songs that we get to have throughout it. Um, were Craig and Danny kind of very conscious of of kind of like feeding you music or giving you certain music as inspiration for just really understanding? The, the tonality of the show that they wanted to create or was it something that was helpful for you separately in terms of getting into character or was it more the fashion side because of playing Vivian? Um, do you know what's funny? I don't think we ever really had to discuss, I don't think I ever once discussed with Craig or Danny my taste in music or the music of the day or anything like that actually, which is, which is funny when you think of it. Um, I didn't know it wasn't until I sat down and watched it that all that other, all the other music was in there. And I was so, I was so pleased that it was because I, I love, I love, you know, 70s music. I was a bit of a hippie. So, but um, I, I was so, I think it really adds to the story. I think it adds to kind of getting you back into that sort of 
time and place. Again, my parents came to the premiere the other evening, just said it was it was really great because it because of all the different sounds, it really conjured up um, a proper feeling of what it was like at the time. And I think it's good to have that uh, the rest of the music in there to show just how different the punk sound was to what else was going on and how radical that would have been um, compared to, to, to what else was there. Um, but yeah, great to hear all, all of the all of the different sounds of the seventies and understand what a kind of explosive time it was. And with, with fashion as well, you know, even just in in the lines that you get to deliver, we get to really get an eye into the history of fashion that Vivian had such a keen knowledge of. You know, a lot of the designs that she was creating were taking elements that had been restrictive elements for women and turning them into outerwear, or you know, making them out of leather and buckles. And so, how how in depth did you want to get in turn in in terms of like looking into a lot of the more recent history of fashion and where those inspirations would have come from, or did the scripts kind of really very much give you a lot of those details that you needed? in that regard? Well, I read her um, her autobiography. I mean, it was ghostwritten, but it was essentially an autobiography. Um, and um, maybe it's a biography. Well, I don't know. It's either, it, I mean, it's very much from her point of view, but it's written by somebody else. But it's, um, it, gives, um, it gives quite a lot of detail into what her thinking was about the fashion at the time. And I learned loads um, in terms of what she was doing and thinking. So with, with the punk clothing, um tailoring back and you know everything was sort of very highly tailored back then and you know the way that it would work is you get a roll of cloth and you you pin the pattern down and cut the shape out and then make the clothes but Vivian sort of didn't want to waste the rest of the fabric on the roll so she'd make it a, you know she'd cut a piece out but then she'd use all the surrounding fabrics so she'd add bits on or you know flaps and straps and things um so as to not waste the material which I thought was was really interesting and um yeah I remember I because I sort of obviously I read on past the the punk stuff as well when she was doing her mini crinnies and and the pirate stuff and it was it was fascinating to learn how she um took all these sort of disparate elements and, and different things that she came across in her own life but she I mean she was she kept going on to be really innovative she was the first person to put trainers on a catwalk you know um, all kinds of things. She invented the anarchy symbol. She designed the anarchy symbol. Um, so yeah, I, I, I learned I learned most of that from her from her book. Yeah, no, it's really amazing. And and in reflection on making the show and and getting to play such a great character in the series, what were the aspects of it that really challenged you the most, or kind of required something different or new from you as an actor? Um, well, I think. One of the, the funny things to me was sort of basically the oldest person in, in terms of the, the sort of uh, the cast that was there most days, um, you know, compared to the boys in the band, etc. So it was, it's, um, I, I think it's the first time I've played that type of character. I usually, I mean, I've had quite a long break from acting, but I, I usually used to play the sort of the ingenue or the kind of innocent who would uh, come to knowledge. Um, whereas in this, I've just gone straight to matriarch, um, which was which was really, um, really good fun. It's a nice place to be. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I love hearing that. I really, really enjoyed your performance. Love hearing all these details about what went into all of kind of the research and the back end and playing such a great character. Thank you so much, Tallulah. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's nice to speak to you.